Hey, thanks for joining us today on the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. My name is Riley. I am one of the pastors at Calvary Monterey, and I oversee our young adult ministry. This podcast is kind of designed just to help us in our ministry process all that's going on during this time of COVID-19 and to provide some biblical encouragement and insight uh, as we go through this time of staying at home. And I'm really encouraged today because my good friend Thor Sawin uh, has a message for us. Now, in full disclosure, he recorded this episode during Holy Week. But for me, Holy Week kind of turned into busy week, unfortunately, and I couldn't get this episode up in time. But Thor has some great thoughts about what Jesus did for us on the cross. What does it mean to suffer as a Christian? Why does God allow that? How do we process loneliness? And how do we find joy through times of grief and despair? So Thor goes back to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 to provide some insight today. And my hope is that as you listen to this, that your heart is encouraged and that you're strengthened in your faith for all that's coming up today in your life. So let's get right into the episode. Here's Thor. Hey, Calvary Young Adults. Um, This is Thor. I'm wearing an athletic shirt and sweatpants. Um, I'm not dressed up in a shirt and tie the way that I normally would be on a Thursday night. Um, But we're all in abnormal times, and I think it's good to see what's real. So welcome. You can see my house in the background. Um, This week is the Holy Week. And at the start of the Holy Week, we really think about Jesus in this moment of triumph. Um, when the crowds were celebrating him, when he was riding in glory with everyone cheering his name, laying palm branches before him. But the reason that people were so excited, the reason that people were celebrating, they didn't actually get who Jesus was. They didn't really get the kind of savior that Jesus was going to be. They were looking for a king who would free them from their troubles, who would maybe make the economy better, who would get the Romans out, who would give them more power. And they were so excited for this Jesus, but if they had only known uh, what was gonna happen in just a few days time, um, the world totally changed. And I feel like we lived through that a couple weeks ago where the world seemed to totally change within just seven days. This tidal wave of events crashed over us and we see where the crowd was at on Palm Sunday when they were cheering and worshiping Jesus, to where the crowd was at on Good Friday where they were jeering him, where they wanted to kill him, where they hated him above all others, where they would rather release a known mass murderer um, than to release Jesus from prison. Um, and one of the things that I think turned in the minds of the crowd was that it turned out that this Jesus was vulnerable, that this Jesus was not a God just focused on triumph, but was a God who was a God of suffering, a God who was willing to suffer himself, a God who was willing to endure injustice. Um, There's a parable in the Bible about a field and that there's wheat and weeds that are sown into the field and that the, in the parable, the owner of the field um, sees that an enemy has sown weeds among the wheat and the workers of the field come in and like, hey, owner, can we pluck up all of the weeds? Can we clean out this field? And Jesus, who is kind of the owner of the field in this story, says, no, you know, like, in your rush 
to rush in and to pull up what's evil, you're going to trample on a lot of good. Like, it's my job to just wait until everything is right, and then I'll decide what's good and what's bad. And so, like, I think this attitude that, that Christ has, this attitude of, like, this world is going to be full of suffering for a long time, and God isn't going to just sweep in and remove all the suffering. God is waiting for the world to ripen, um, for the world to mature. And then at the very end of times, he's going to separate what's good, what's evil, what goes off um, in one way to sit by him and what goes off the other way to be thrown into the fire. The suffering Jesus and the fact that Jesus calls us to suffer, that if the master suffered himself, how much more will the servants suffer? Um, this is something that's hard for us, and I think this is something that the Lord is trying to do in all of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ during this situation with COVID. And what I'd like to do is to talk about a passage from 2 Timothy. This is actually 2 Timothy 1, the first 10 verses, which has been really encouraging me during this time. So if you're watching this, uh, maybe you can pause it. Um, get out a Bible, put it in front of you to 2 Timothy chapter 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So, so far, we just finished verses one through five. I think there's a few important things that we see about Paul. Um, you see that actually, He's filled with joy. Um, he longs to see Timothy, that there's tears in his eyes. And he's recalling the tears that were in Timothy's eyes at the time of parting, at the time when their worlds were changed, when, when Paul and Timothy were ripped apart from each other. I think this itself is something that we're seeing a lot of, and we're experiencing this deep longing to see people face to face. Um, this deep longing to see them that would be filled with joy. You know, some of you may have been able to see a few people from at least six feet apart, um, but that's not the same as embracing them. And it's, it's definitely not even the same as seeing them on Zoom, you know, is even a further distance away. Um, but part of the reason that I wanted to pick out this passage and why this passage is so encouraging to me is I think it's really easy to forget that Paul was in prison during this time. And that actually Paul spent a lot of his life in prison, um, in house arrest. Um, and let's keep reading on. It says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of hands. For the spirit God gave us did not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, Join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So Paul mentions it as a throwaway line in here that he is a prisoner. But I think one thing that we forget about this Paul, this Paul who wrote so much of the New Testament we read, is that 
he spent so much of his adult life, especially the end of his adult life, under house arrest. And that's basically not too much different than the situation that we're living in now. Um, he was confined to his house. There was Roman guards standing outside. And while Paul was allowed to receive visitors occasionally, that was highly limited. Um, but he wouldn't have been able to really go on walks. He wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the things that we're still able to do. Um, not all of his needs would have been provided for when he had a visitor or someone they could have brought things over. And I think a lot of us are maybe given, being given an opportunity to empathize with this Paul who was in prison in a new way. And I think as we keep in mind, as we read through all of the epistles that Paul writes, in so many of them, he was in jail while he was writing them. He was deprived of human contact while he was writing them. Um, unlike us, where we get kind of constant Instagram feeds, we get constant voice messages or Marco Polos, constant phone calls with all the people we love. We can basically reach out to almost anyone in the world at any time. Paul was really dependent on receiving these letters. You know, he would read a letter and read it over and over and over again and had to compose these letters, which is great for us, you know, that we have these letters, but he was so much further deprived of human contact than we are, than we have the opportunity to be. And it's amazing how full of joy Paul is in his letters. Um, he doesn't pretend that he's not lonely. Actually, if you do a study of the word loneliness or aloneness or, or sadness or the word long or longing in the New Testament, you'll see that Paul is often talking about how he felt abandoned, how he felt lonely, how he felt isolated, how he longed to see this person, how he longed to see that person, how he longed to go here, how he longed to go there. But he found that all of his travel plans were shut off, all of his plans to visit people were cut off by the fact that he was a prisoner, um, and sometimes in a real jail, the kind of jail um, full of rats, um, full of starvation, full of darkness. Occasionally, when he was discovered he was a Roman citizen, he'd be put under house arrest, where he had a few more privileges. But that same Paul is full of joy, and you can read it in verse 7 here. It says, For the Spirit God gave us did not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And I know for me during this time of quarantine, during this time of, of self-isolation, where I'm alone almost all the time, I'm alone for days and days and days on end, I need the power to, to hold up to this, to keep my head above water. I need love. I need the love to replace the fear, fear of passing by others on the street, that I might give them the virus or that they might give me the virus. Um, I need the love for the people who are the least of these in our community, who have far less and far less opportunities than I have. I need love to even reach out to people who are, are, are fairly well supplied, like I am, with a dry roof over their head, with plenty of space, with plenty of food to eat, but just who need reaching out, who need a reminder that someone is there. And self-discipline. This is an area that I've been really struggling with. It's so easy in this time, and I think in some ways it's natural, right, that we, we're far less productive, that we're far less disciplined, but in light of the challenge that Nate Holdridge gave us to, to spend some time with a word and prayer every morning, to really limit our news intake, to get 40 minutes of exercise, whether that would be like a workout in our house or going for a walk around the block, going for a run or a bike ride, if you can do that safely, stay away from people. Um, uh, reading edifying books, like this spirit lives inside of us. and. I just think of all of those years that Paul was in prison, that Paul was alone, sitting in jails of every kind, but yet he was able to speak with such joy, with such compassion, with such emotion in these letters, 
because of this Holy Spirit that was living inside him. He said, rather join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord of me, his prisoner. Um, so we are called, and this is one of the reasons that the crowd turned on Jesus. This is one of the reasons that so many people don't get Jesus who can't understand how there could be a good God if there's so much suffering in the world. Jesus suffered more than anyone, and Jesus is, is a God who invites us into his suffering, and it's really through suffering in many ways that we're united with Christ, that the other things that we're relying on, the other things that we're leaning on get burned away, and that we're just left with what he has to offer us, which is really himself and his spirit. But that's that's the best thing to live off of. And then further, as we go on in verses 9 and 10, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, um, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, I had a scary situation last week. I've been struggling with a respiratory illness of some kind. I've had difficulty breathing, a lot of tightness in my chest for weeks. I've had a few fever spikes. You know, obviously my mind went straight to COVID that maybe this is what this is. And I went twice to a doctor to get things. They said I couldn't get tested because there's too few tests um, in our county and I wasn't at risk enough. But a third time last Monday, things got so bad that I actually went into the ER and was there all alone um, in this tent that looked like the tent from the movie The Martian, just with doctors dressed up in full garb, um, wondering if I was breathing in this virus even as I sat there. I may have been. And so few people knew where I was. Um, I was far away from anyone who could reach out to me. Um, and just sitting there and just realizing that like even those really dark times where we're super alone and we're really scared that really Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the only ones who are going to be there. Like they're the only ones who are there regardless of anything. And, and earlier, like the night before that, part of the reason that like I, I went into the ER, you know, like I was having such trouble breathing, I could barely go to sleep. Um, and in those moments as I was like trying to fight to sleep and also trying to fight against sleep, I just had this this calmness and this connection to the presence of, of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And I'm fully aware of all of my sin, all of my sin struggles, all of my weaknesses, um, all of my rebellions. But in that moment, just kind of letting everything go, I can really, truly press into him and realize that like, yes, even if this would be the time that I'm meant to leave the earth, Jesus has destroyed death. Um, has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, as it says in verse 10. And there's really no other kind of freedom that can compare to that, like of knowing that for a Christian, for a Christ follower, any ending is actually a happy ending. Um, any suffering we go through is going to be used by God to bring us closer to him. And even that ultimate ending of, of a premature or untimely death is still really unlocking the happiest ending that's possible, a reunion with Christ. So I encourage us to all think during this time um, to really sift through our hearts and to really spend this time in this relationship with God that, that our hearts are clean, that our hearts are clear, that you know, if it, if it is our time to go, there are a few young people who are getting really sick with this disease. 
you know, that we have our faith, that we have our immortality, kind of with clear eyes in front of us, that we recognize that all of the suffering, whether that's just being alone, cooped up in a house, that Jesus was able to sustain Paul through years of that, that so many other believers in the world are actually under house arrest similarly. Even in the People's Republic of China right now, there are many Christian leaders who are under house arrest um, and have been for years because of the gospel, because of their work for the gospel. They're unable to leave their homes. Um, and just pray, I guess, take the time during this time when you feel lonely, when you're bucking up against the fact that the world isn't the way it is, that you wish you could go out, ask the Holy Spirit to comfort you in the ways that he comforted Paul while he was in prison, the ways that he comforted Jesus while he was on the cross. Ask him to fill you with power, with love for others, and with the self-discipline. And, and really take this time to meditate on Jesus, almost in your mind's eye, just picture him standing in front of you, picture yourself laying there and him accepting you and him receiving you. I pray that this would be a time of extreme clarity, of extreme sifting for all of us. Um, as a lot of the things, a lot of the clouds have parted, the mist has blown away, the other things that we were standing on or relying on have kind of got knocked out from under us. And we have a chance to really discover how much we were leaning our way on Christ alone how much we're really building truly on Him. Hey, thanks for joining in today. If you're listening to this and you're a 20-something and you're just looking for some community during this time, please reach out to us on Instagram at cmyoungadults. Uh, we'd love to get you connected with our WhatsApp group chat and our Marco Polo chats that are always constantly going on. And if you're just looking for some prayer, if you need somebody just to talk to, please reach out to us there as well. And we'd love to get in touch with you, but tune in next week for a new episode. We'll see you then.